Hello, this is Rafael Davidovich, and welcome to our festive Friday class. Today, given on Thursday, because today was Lag Omer. And even though I spoke about Lag Omer in a previous broadcast, I would like to explore it again in light of something that I have been studying recently, this past week or two, as well as before previous Lag Omers in my life. And that is a fascinating mimer, a fascinating talk given by the Lubavitcher Rebbe after Lag Bomer 1977, connecting with previous uh, Hasidic uh, thoughts on this matter. Lubavitcher Rebbe says that insight and a deeper, a deeper exploration into the meaning of Lag Omer can be found in two psukim that have within them the letters Lamed Gimel. Lamed Gimel, of course, stands for 33. And the letters Lamed Gimel also, sometimes, if you, if you invert the letters, spell the word Gal. What is Gal? So Gal has uh, two meanings that we'll speak about. One is that it means a pillar. For example, if you look back in Parshas Vayetze, when Yaakov is leaving his father-in-law for the last time, they make a Gal aid. They make a pile of stones that will serve as a witness that Lavan is not to come over to Yaakov's side of this pillar, and Yaakov is not to come over to Lavan's side of the pillar. That is one meaning of the word Gal. The other meaning of the word Gal can be found in a posuk in Tehillim. In Tehillim, in Psalms 119, David HaMelech says, Gal einai vabita niflaos mitorasecha. Uncover my eyes so that I may behold the wonders of your Torah. And both of these psukim shed light on the meaning of Lagba Omer. And what is that? Well, the first pasuk that speaks about this pillar of stones that is meant to act as a separation between Lavan and Yaakov, even though the plain meaning of those verses seems to be that they are not to interfere with one another, because they shouldn't wage war against one another, right? It would be the equivalent of a border, a demilitarized zone, meaning that this big pile of rocks tells each side that there has been a treaty, and that the treaty is such that one is not allowed to move over to the other side of the treaty, like a good border, like a good fence, good fences making good neighbors. However, in Kabbalah, this is not only in, understood as being a border between good and evil, or a border between enemies, but rather the idea that in the human experience, there is a border between the lower world and the upper world. The lower world is the world of concrete reality, and the higher world, is, which is symbolized by the word lavan, which even though we know Lovan as being a bad guy, Lovan means white, so that there's an idea of Lovan Ha'elion, Lovan Ha'elion, a higher purity. And generally in the human experience, one does not mix with the other. A person is either a very practical person, or a person is a very spiritual person. And the two often do not meet one another. But in Hasidus, it ex- it's explained that there will come a time when they are allowed to mix. And when are the lower worlds and the upper worlds expected to converse with one another? When the Torah was given. Even the Torah at Harsinai, meaning on Shavuos. And then, of course, during Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's life, and especially on the day of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's death, where he revealed many of the deeper metaphysical secrets of the Torah, this was a time when the 
higher worlds, meaning of pure, spiritual abstractions, can come down here into the lower world where they may be explained more fully. Which is why there's such an idea that you can have somebody nowadays explain a deep philosophical or Kabbalistic idea or a deep Hasidic idea that can be brought into regular human, regular Jewish discourse. You don't have to be a Mikubal, you don't have to be a Kabbalist in order to appreciate deep ideas. And this is why we say, Gal Einai Vabita Niflaos Mitara Secha. David HaMelech was saying, Hashem, uncover my eyes so that I, through my own human experience, may come to understand the depths from your Torah. Meaning that not that deep ideas should be totally abstract and only meant for the very few philosophers and Kabbalists in the world. But they should come from your Torah. That I can understand the depth of a mitzvah by just learning the rules of the mitzvah itself. And it leads to a greater appreciation. The greater appreciation is not separate from the mitzvahs of the Torah. Rather, the mitzvahs of the Torah, with all of their rules and with all of their details, that there is a way of accessing the beauty and the depth of Hashem from the Torah, from the revealed laws of the Torah as they appear in Shulchan Aruch and in the various codes of Jewish law. And this is now what Lagba Omer means. Lagba Omer is taken from these two psukim. Yes, Hashem placed a separation between the higher, more abstract realities and our concrete physical reality, but he didn't make a wall. There's not a border wall. There's merely a pile of stones, as if to say, generally, there is a separation. But we are ultimately meant to cross that border. And Hashem started by giving us the Torah, by coming down on Har Sinai. And then again on Lagba Omer, on the day of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's passing, that we were given access to a higher level of understanding the Torah. The kind of higher understanding of the Torah that is referred to as from your Torah, from Hashem's Torah. This is the beauty of Lagba Omer. And it's a wonderful thing that in the past generation, more than in many centuries past, many Jews are able to appreciate the depth and the beauty of so many of the mitzvahs of the Torah, of so much of the Torah, even though we're not Kabbalists, even though we're not the most abstract, deep thinkers in the world. Every Jew is entitled to understand the depth and beauty of what it is that Hashem wants to give us in the Torah. Thank you all for listening to my meditation and my exploration of Lagba Omer. I want to wish all of you a wonderful day.